0: And welcome to the Bottom Bible. I'm Katie.
1: I'm Vanessa. I got I'm startled b- by something under my table.
0: I'm bumping tables, so it's
1: like we're great. It's all about tables, but we're none all of us in sync. Over the table, under the table. Yeah, there's a dog toy under the table that really freaked me out. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> it's just a plastic ice cream cone that squeaks.
0: Oh, I hear it. Squeaky. Yep. Sorry. It's great. Um, so we're gonna keep it nice and short and sweet. For you, this episode, because we've given you guys some some meaty, some good, hearty, long episodes. You're welcome. You're um, welcome. They were
1: meant to be short, but we literally cannot stop talking.
0: Right. So this will probably be two hours. It's fine. Um, no. you'll love it. No, it won't. We'll keep it short. We'll keep it brief, like a nice, good pair of boxer briefs. Oh. Um, <laughs> we're gonna talk about therapy today. Um. I think a lot of people are adapting to new forms of therapy, like via Zoom. I know we're both doing that Um, Zoom in, a Zoom, a Zoom, Zoom um, with our therapists. And um, there's like texting ones, there's group ones you can do, Mm -hmm. there's all different types. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, And so, do you, Vanessa, would you want to kick it off since you have just sort of started this kind of new wish journey?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I'm trying to get, a, there we go. I got a, I had a phrase. I couldn't get it all. Um, and I have it now. Okay. So I had had therapy as a child. Um, mm-hmm. I was probably preteen, like maybe 11, 12 okay. or so. Um, and it was only for a brief stint. Um, There was a really great doctor I had who referred me to a therapist. It was very, very helpful. And I don't remember why I didn't continue with it, Um, but I didn't, I don't, you know, I don't remember there was, there wasn't anything like traumatic that happened. I think it was just one of those, maybe the insurance ran out and then we, right. The next year just like never restarted. I, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, I restarted it, uh, in earnest this time not just like a once or twice thing Mm -hmm. i have been going every week last week i i did skip a week over the holiday but um otherwise going consistently every week for a little over a month maybe about a month and a half yeah closing it on two months um i found my doctor the old-fashioned way online um (laughs) on psychology today i use their find a therapist uh Uh function yeah, I had uh, some filters put in. I like what I was looking for. I wanted yeah. a female therapist. No hate on the men, but I was just more comfortable. Yeah, I was looking for something very specific. Um, I needed like to be in like a safe place for me. Mm-hmm. I prefer to talk to um, an older woman, like maybe like a mom or big sister type of yeah vibe. Um, and I found there were two or three that I narrowed it down to. And, um, I spoke to the first one on my list and I liked her so much. I stopped, I stopped Um, looking. Yeah. Um, I was like, you're the one. Um, (laughs) and so I have not met her in person. Obviously we've only talked on the phone and through like FaceTime, Zoom types of things. But, um, It's been very helpful. Yeah. Some, even just, even though it's been just a short time, some weeks have been harder than others. Mm -hmm. Um, in the beginning, of course, you know, we're just kind of getting to know each other and sort of digging into things is starting to happen, like where we've gotten past the surface type things. Yeah. And now we're like digging. Yeah. And today she helped me with some guided imagery meditation. Um, She noticed today, she said, like, you seem lighter Hmm. than you have in the last couple of sessions. And I was like, I think I feel a little lighter. It's been a pretty good week emotionally for me. Um, And one of the things that we have discussed I need to work on is just being comfortable feeling my feelings.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, if you know me, even if you don't know me, um, (laughs) you will know that I am very comfortable with feelings. I am not, I cry, I laugh, I rage. Like I don't have a problem, uh, expressing my feelings. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a big stuffer downer. Um, however, I very quickly try to talk myself out of them or rationalize things. Yeah. 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 And I don't sit with it. It makes me uncomfortable. Like if I'm sad, I got to like figure out why I'm sad and talk myself Mm -hmm. out of being sad. Yeah. So she noticed that obviously got called out for that real quick. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, you know, she was just kind of, you know, telling me the importance of just kind of like, these are my words, not hers marinating Uh in my feelings. Like, just feel it. You have to feel it. And don't think, feel. She's like, Mm. you're a, you're a thinker and that's great. But there are times when you have to try to set that aside and focus on the feeling more than the the thinking, just acknowledge it. And kind of telling me like, that's why I'm here. Like, that's why she's there. Yeah. Is for that session, she's there to She's taking the reins and kind of guiding me through it, and my job is just to like just feel. Yeah, don't think, just feel. Um, and so there have been because we're starting to dig, we're going into like childhood traumas and and things like that, and I don't necessarily hide this podcast from my family members, Mm -hmm. I'd rather they not listen Um, just because, you know, you can't, once you've heard me say certain things, I'm not even going to say it right now, but once you've heard conversations about body parts and body functions, you can't unhear it. So some of it might be uncomfortable. So I certainly don't want anyone to be upset that I talk about it, but it's my experience Mm -hmm. and you're not the boss of me. Yeah. So, Childhood trauma in that I did not grow up in an abusive household by any means. I was doted on by my parents, um, was always had a safe home. Yes. Mm-hmm. But my parents had a lot of marital issues mm. between themselves yeah. and I was kind of, uh, a casualty from mm-hmm. time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is being brought up and how much that has affected me mm. that mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. So as we're discussing things like, you know, today we were talking a little bit about confrontation. Like I don't like confrontation.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm, I try to not let myself get out of it, uh-huh. but it's hard. It's difficult it's for hard. me. Yeah. and so she asked me well what's so hard about it and i was like well it's uncomfortable she's like okay but why you know and i was like well because i i don't want to upset the apple cart basically like yeah. i like things being that
0: makes harmonious like who doesn't right and then
1: i realized like oh, a lot of people don't okay but me in particular i want things to be harmonious i don't want someone to be angry at me
0: mm-hmm.
1: i don't want to feel that kind of chaos Right yeah. around me. And she's like, Well, why? And it's like, because I can't control it. Like it's out of my control. I want it to be the way I want it to be. And she's like, And what is the danger of it getting like out of control? Like what what what's like, you know, what how does it feel? And I said, Okay. Being out of control, being uncomfortable to me feels like I'm walking into a pitch black room.
0: Oh, uh, yeah.
1: And I don't like that. I don't yeah. like not knowing what's inside that room. I don't like that I might trip over something that I could hurt myself on something. I want to know what's in the room and where and how to navigate. And, you know, so we talked about like, like like the control issues Uh and that, you know, today we discussed, uh, if someone is angry at me or upset with me, like how that affects me. And when I get upset and I'm truly angry. Like I'm, I'm starting to feel heated. Um, I don't show it off outwardly mm, very much. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to really keep things. It's all internal and outside. You'll never know anything's wrong with me. Yeah. But inside I'm just one big Arthur fist.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, and I said, like, I can feel my breathing starts to quicken. My chest starts to tighten up. Mm-hmm. And I said, I can feel my hands and arms start to go numb. Like, like, mm. Almost Mm -hmm. like, um, like the blood is rushing to it, to my arms and my, uh, my hands especially. And she's like, okay, well that's your body, like physically preparing for a fight. Like the blood's rushing to your arms because you're like, you know, your body's like in physical defense mode. And, you know, she's like, what would happen if you, if you started to lash out physically at someone, you know, I'm like, well, then I'd be out of control. I was like, when I get really angry, I uh, feel like an out of body experience is happening. Uh-huh. Like I'm watching it happen to me. Yeah. And I don't have control over what I'm doing or saying. And obviously, I don't like that. I like to be yeah. in control. And, you know, she's like, okay, so we worked on some, that's where the guided imagery mm. meditation started about how to not let myself get that out of body feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was literally just, plant your feet down on the ground you like especially the heels and Mm -hmm. imagine that your heels are digging into earth not just the ground underneath you but actual earth yeah and then grounding yourself you know she's like put your hands on your knees or on your thighs or something and you know then she's like kind of guiding me through it and showing me like you know imagine like we're taking this back to when I would witness arguments um at home mm-hmm. and how that made me feel. And I was like, I'm disappeared. Like I'm disappearing uh, I vanish. because yeah. they're so wrapped up in each other. Neither one of them is thinking of me in that moment. And mm-hmm. I'm like in crisis
0: yeah, because
1: I'm afraid that one of them is going to leave. Like they're going mm-hmm. to be leaving each other. But in that process, that means leaving me. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like all about a <laughs> fear of abandonment,
0: mm-hmm. which Katie
1: and I have had a good chuckle about because the last couple times we've talked about my fear of abandonment the fucking internet <laughs> stops working or zoom freezes or Vancaster crashes or something yeah. and today with my therapist <laughs> as we're wrapping up the conversation about my abandonment issues the wi-fi like goes <laughs> kaput and we lose uh. our facetime connection and it takes her a few minutes but she ends up calling me on like her, just a regular cell phone, like on her landline to my cell phone. Yeah. And I didn't tell her cause like we were like running out of time, but I was like, could, I mean, I get it. It's funny. The troll is for real. It's hilarious. But could we maybe stop the internet from crashing in the midst of my abandonment issue? Talk? Oh my
0: God. Thank yeah.
1: you. Um, but you know, it was all very helpful. You know, I'm, I'm leaving some stuff out because I can't go into every single thing. Yeah. But, um, seeing connections, Hmm. like finding out issues that you didn't realize were still there that you kind of buried Mm -hmm. and seeing how those connect to your current behavior. Yeah. Tis wild.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs)
1: yeah. It's, it is fascinating. I mean, I, I really am like a fan of psychology, if yeah. that's what we want to call it, like learning about things like this and, you know, mot- like what's behind your motivations and this is where this mm-hmm. this is why you do this. That's all really fascinating to me. And when I see it like in myself, like I had a moment today um, in session when I said like, oh My God, (laughs) that five-year-old me was afraid of things falling apart Mm. and was very uncomfortable and scared that Mm -hmm. nobody in that moment, nobody noticed I was in crisis. Yeah. They were so focused on each other that I sort of wasn't a factor. Like they they didn't, neither one of them realized that I could hear and see everything that was happening and that I was freaking out. Yeah. So... I was like, oh my God, is that why I constantly need everybody around me to be comfortable?
0: Oh, yeah. That's why I don't like conflict.
1: I want everything to be cool, even when it sometimes means I sacrifice my own comfort. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm upset. I won't say anything to not upset the person in the room with me or in the conversation with me. Right. Um, And to me, it's like, well, it's worth it because now we're both. Neither one of us is upset. Well, I'm a little upset, but it doesn't matter because it's inside and I'll talk myself out of it in a second.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's like, oh God. Oh, is that why I do that? Yeah. And she's like, well, you know, some of it can be cultural too. And some of it is just like, you're a woman and that's a gender role that, yeah. you know, the woman is the caretaker, not uh-huh. always, but stereotypically like, you know, yeah, the role is assigned to women of caretaker. Yeah. And like the i grew up in a house where in a family where whoever like whoever's mom was cooking didn't sit down for the meal oh right going back and forth from the kitchen to the table to make sure everybody had everything they wanted and they needed and i had said like i thought i assumed that the reason i was like that was because culturally that's what i saw that's the example i saw yeah and she's like well you know some of it is that you know she's like it's everything
0: yeah, yeah, it's yeah, what yeah, you yeah. saw, the
1: examples you saw growing up and, you know, being from, you know, like a Latina background and being a woman that it's not surprising that you would have had like models of women being caretakers like that. Just, sure. But also, yeah, you know, you're, you're still soothing that five-year-old. Like you remember what that felt like and you're avoiding that Yeah, and avoiding it happening to everybody else. And I was just like, I was that like gif of the kid with the like wit in the in the wind tunnel that's just like literally being blown away by something. I was like holy shit. Yeah. Like that connection is strong. Like I'm okay. Huh. <laughs> All right. Okay. And so it ended up being like a great session today. Awesome. I had been sort of in a place where I was like, oh, I don't know, like do I keep doing this? Like I'm right at the point where I could just stop if I wanted to. And then today was like, oh girl, no. Yeah, yeah good. You, yeah. You can't stop. You just started this. And I was telling Katie like, you know, it felt like and this is what I told my therapist because she asked me like, how do you feel having done the like the guided imagery uh meditation and I was like, I feel like I still have a I haven't gotten the, you know, know, I still need help being guided through it, but like I've been given this new tool Mm -hmm. and I don't know exactly how it works yet, but I know I have it and that I have someone who's going to show me how to use it and how it can be effective and help me. And that it feels like, (laughs) I guess like, you know, uh, a chair that's a little like unbalanced and you stick that matchbook underneath it. And all of a sudden it's balanced mm-hmm. out. I was like, yeah, I feel like I got some reinforcement. Like I'm a little less wobbly now Yeah, because I have this. I don't quite know what I'm going to do with it <laughs> how it works exactly. But I was like, Oh, today it really helped. Yeah. And awesome. I still walked into like a little bit of a shitstorm at work, yeah, but are. it's fine. It, yeah. It'll be fine. Uh, as long as it rhymes, everything will, everything be, will fine. be fine. Um, <laughs> But it's like, oh, okay. Like, it's okay. I don't need to be quite so freaked out because I've got help. And not just my therapist, but like, I happen to have a lot of people around me that are smart, emotionally sound, know me, care for me, want good things to happen, are there for me if I need to lean on or just talk it out, Mm -hmm. hash it out with. Um, And like, it's good. It's okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, we're emotionally, we're gonna need a bigger boat. (laughs) There's a lot I'm realizing. There's a lot.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, we're just at the very beginning of this laundry pile, but it's yeah. I feel good about it. I feel good about. I feel good about the 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 road that's gonna get me there. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. I know. That's like the one thing that I'm always amazed with with therapy, is I'm like, God. Well, well, okay. And to your credit, it my therapist and I just recently started talking about like my intense childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. And it took us two years, I think, for me to really actually really want to talk about it. (laughs) She pointed it out. Which like you got to find the therapist that works for you, right? And she's great. She was like, huh, I've seen you for what? Like two and a half years? I was like, yeah. And I I, like you. I was going every week Mm -hmm. um, because I was in like sort of Um, I was in what they call like crisis mode Mm -hmm. how they would refer to that and then she was the one that was like yeah you know like now that you're I don't feel like you're in that space anymore like we had talked in that probably like a year after like it took me a year um, she was like I think we can go like every other week um, which is what I'm doing now and yeah it took it took I what's interesting to hear you talk about that is I have a similar thing confrontation I hate it Mm -hmm. there was so much confrontation in my house constantly Mm -hmm. all the time um and I got I got the opportunity to see like my brother because my sister like really just like wasn't there I mean I know she was there and she was like getting yelled at too
1: right but But maybe the age gap was just wide enough right and she
0: disconnected from us even my brother she she and my brother were like really close and then she was just like I'm out she was kind of coping and doing whatever Mm -hmm. she needed to do in her own way but I I'm similar in the sense of like I I had a similar conversation with a therapist a little different but somewhat similar of where like Mm -hmm. I just shut down like I would always describe it to her as like telephone poles like the beginning of the Mm -hmm. poltergeist when Mm -hmm. they walk up and it's just that hum Mm -hmm. So I would completely, that's what happens to me when people get really upset or really angry and they don't have to be directed at me It's just someone yelling. I kind of go like, unless I'm drunk and then I'm very brave. But when I'm sober,
1: Katie is one of the bravest (laughs) souls I've ever met, but like with some, you know, liquid courage
0: (laughs) when it's also too, it's like if it's a stranger yelling at somebody I care about. I don't fucking care. I will say whatever. But when it's like a personal thing or someone I really care about and they're screaming, I, and I'm still like discovering this three years into therapy, um, that I just have this shutdown mode that I used to only go to. And how infuriating would that be when you're having a disagreement with somebody else, especially your partner, is like, oh, half of us is just completely shutting down. And like not just like shutting down, but just like a, "Mm, mm -hmm, mm, mm -hmm." like I have a fight or flight. And I mm-hmm. and my my mm-hmm. coping is just freezing because there's also right. that like a limit. And my brother loves confrontation oh, because God. he was the one that would stick up for me because he even said to I'm like, I'm going to not cry on the podcast. But one of the sweetest things he ever said to me was like, yeah, because I saw what was happening to me then happening to you. And you were yeah. like five or six. And I went absolutely not. And I was like, oh, my God, I love you so much. <laughs> but like. I and I didn't realize that he kind of let allowed he kind of gave me that option a little bit more to Mm -hmm. shut down and just kind of like kind of the same thing and I was always like so well I had such a good temperament because I learned oh that's how you navigate this storm Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have a good mood all the time you make jokes you just keep everything easy peasy of course we know that the storm was happening whether or not I kept everything like cool and collected. But that, yeah, similar, like different, but similar. Like that took me a long time to – my therapist would tell me and when we were kind of talking about that and trying to get – same, my brother had the same conversation, like sit with your feelings. You have to feel them. I remember my therapist saying like, you know you feel them either way, right? And I was like – Right. Oh, right. So why am I – oh, shit. Like I hate those moments. I love those moments and I hate those moments. (laughs) Yeah. When they just like call you out. I remember The one time I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, when she was like, "So how do you feel about silence?" And I know that I like fill space, and I was like, "Oh god damn it!" Now I got to be quiet for forty-five fucking minutes of this session because I I hate silence. But like, I feel like she's calling me out right now, and she kind of was. And then I just like really quiet, and I was like, "Next session, I was like, I have to tell you something." <laughs> she was like, "What?" I was like, "As soon as you said that." All I did for the rest of the session was just focus on, like, not saying too many words. And she was like, oh, my God, really? No, that's not what I meant <laughs> to happen. But it was, it was, like, a trigger for me. I was like, I'm just going to be the quietest therapy patient you've ever seen in your life. But then we talked about silence and me filling the gaps. Because that's another thing to, like, make everything okay. I was always trying to right. fix everybody else's emotions. Because those were always, like, tasked to me. Somebody, you know, mm-hmm. emotional being manipulation mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but... I have a really hard time in therapy talking about my younger self. I still like I get a little choked up. Mm. I have a really hard time. Like she does that for, from time to time. Like um, we talked about like, oh, what would you say? Or blah, blah, blah. And I just have like, I'm like, I don't. The few times I will cry in therapy. I've only mm-hmm. cried like three times um, in three years because i don't like it i don't like to show emotion like that and emotion was also used as like kind of manipulation against Mm -hmm. me so i have a weird Mm -hmm. thing with tears um like i'll cry in a puppy video in a heartbeat but real ones real tears (laughs) no uh, pass um but yeah talking about and weirdly my brother and i both love this movie and i don't know if you remember this movie but drop dead fred yes okay we were obsessed with that movie. And whenever I think about talking to my former self, my former child, I think about the ending where she has that big heroic moment where she saves her inner child. Like she saves herself. And that's what I always think of. Like, Oh my God. Therapy is kind of like going back and like being able to give that like younger version of yourself, like, hey, like, you're okay. Like, you do the things, like you're saying, like, give yourself the hug that you didn't get. Right, right. Um, Give yourself the protection that you didn't get in mm-hmm. those moments. And it's super, it, it can be super sad when you think about it. Like, it makes me really sad to think about, um, like, those moments and wishing that you could go back and protect yourself. But mm-hmm. um, therapy really does have a way of kind of healing those. Because, like, you were saying – um. There, there might there wasn't like abuse, but there's like the there's there's big traumas and little traumas, yeah, and the little yeah. traumas are a uh, consistent little trauma is a bitch to get over. Like it's hard, because yeah. um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people that experience consistent little trauma, well, there's whole books about it where they're like, well, I was never this never happened to me, or they compare themselves, they compare their experience to someone maybe that had a really big trauma. Um, like, uh, you know, seeing somebody murdered or um, like, I don't know, um, rape or something. That's like a big, huge trauma. Right. Um, and then it, but it's like, you have a way of trying to like talk yourself out of your own trauma. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. things being really confrontational and volatile, constantly and feeling that that's a consistent little trauma that's totally right, valid. and um...
1: Well, and then what one of the things that my therapist had said was, you know, kids are really good at finding coping mm-hmm. mechanisms. And once something's like once you've programmed something that works, like you're gonna keep using it, yeah. And you're going to drag it into your adult life. <laughs> and it's not always going to be healthy. Like it yeah. it worked in that moment because you survived it. You know, and that's one of the mm-hmm. things she's told me, you know, she's like, you're a survivor. And you survived scary, difficult situations for your kid self. Mm-hmm. And all those things like you, you bring with you mm-hmm. into your like adult toolbox. Yeah. But you know, they don't work the same way yep. anymore. And yeah. sometimes you end up doing more harm to yourself. Like if, you know, if avoidance was one of your coping mechanisms, like that won't, that's going to stop working yeah. pretty quickly. Um, you know, and there have been times when, you know, like I've I've been talking to her and she was like, you know, she's like, obviously she thought I had had therapy more recently than mm-hmm. just as a kid. Cause you know, she's like the, the phrases that you you're using, like the way you say things, like you're obviously like familiar with some of these, some of these terms, some of these uh, concepts. And I said, well, yeah, I was like, I can be as familiar as I want, but yeah. it's, it's impossible to turn that onto yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I can intellectually say, oh, somebody who had, you know, what, like somebody who coped with their parents arguing by going silent. Uh, You know, yeah, that's a coping mechanism. And that's going to mean that blah, 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 blah. But that doesn't explain to me why I do it. That doesn't explain to me how to progress from that. Like it doesn't, Mm -hmm. it doesn't tell me I can see how I, you know, I can see that, oh, A plus B equals C. Now, how do I stop that from emotionally stunting myself or from withdrawing from certain kinds of scenario? Like, how do I stop myself from cutting myself off emotionally from people? Like, one of the things she said, you know, to me was, you grew up, kind of self-soothing yourself in some of these more difficult situations Mm -hmm. when mom and dad couldn't do it for you. Um, and you know, she's like, how do you think that that works itself out now? And I was like, well, I don't ask for help. Yeah. Because it's going to be seen as a weakness. I'm already a woman. And in some like, you know, like at work, like you don't want to cry at work. Yeah. Because you'll be seen, you think you're going to be seen as weaker. It's going to be like, you know, like a chink in your armor, basically. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we kind of traced it back to my mom was super strong and dealt with things the way she dealt with them. And if I got overly emotional, she like, she wasn't angry at me for it. But I felt like she was disappointed
0: that I couldn't just suck it
1: up and figure it out myself that like something that wouldn't have upset her upset me. Uh, And it was like, oh, I'm letting her down because I'm not the same level of strength as she is. And of course, she didn't ever say that to me. That was something I internalized and I like told myself. Mm -hmm. So I grew up, I grew up not wanting to accept help from people especially like in an emotional
0: yeah. way yeah
1: um and that i that could be damaging to me like with dr boyfriend yeah like, this is a really serious relationship for me this is the person i want to spend my life with and if i if i cut him out of my life in that way mm-hmm. that relationship won't last yeah Because if he wants to be there for me and he wants to be of help to me, like a support system to me. And my response is, I don't need that. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't need that. That's a big area of my life that I'm cutting him off from. Mm -hmm. And he might, you know, interpret that as me cutting him out and that I don't trust him or that I don't need him. Like, and that's going to affect your relationship, you know, like somebody with a partner you don't want to be with somebody who is in small ways, rejecting you like that in that way, Right. you know, that that's going to start to like those little rejections are going to start to add up. And I, because I don't want to confront it. I don't want to address it. I should be saying it's hard for me to accept this Mm. because you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And I'm not saying that. I'm not addressing that. So instead, he never hears. Yeah. I'm scared to depend on someone because you might not be there. you like, because yeah. I have these abandonment issues. All he sees is like this cold sort of shoulder. Yeah. It's like, well, that's not somebody you want to be with. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be with somebody who was freezing me out of those kinds of parts of, of their life. Yeah. And, you know, like I had to start looking at like, if he did to me what Mm -hmm. I have, Mm -hmm. have a habit of doing, it would hurt me. Mm -hmm. Uh, It would hurt me to want to help him and to offer help and for him to just shut the door in my face and say, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so like, you know, things like that, like, oh, how many times have I done that in past relationships, Mm -hmm. in past friendships? Yeah. You know, that I've shut the door on someone because I'm afraid, like, if I let you be this support system for me and it all falls apart, like I can't, tr- I can't trust that someone is going to stay there for me because yeah. I have abandonment issues. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, my way of coping with it is like, Oh, look, we're not even going to open this door. We're not, we're going to like nip this in the bud and that's not mm-hmm. even going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. That's not a healthy way to live. Yeah. For someone like me, especially like I am a hothouse flower that needs to be watered. (laughs) I like, you know, I like being cared for. I want to be cared for. Um, I don't want to be like helpless, but uh, it feels nice to have support Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: to just every once in a while, like, oh, let me just lean on you, boo. Yeah. Because I need, I need, I need to be propped up a little bit right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I enjoy that and I'm not letting it happen to me because of all these like issues that I'm mm-hmm. bringing along from childhood trauma. So
0: yeah. um,
1: sometimes it's real hard to see that and to acknowledge like, oh, I do do that, don't I?
0: Yeah. Oh, it's very And that hard. you have to do it's the work. It's very and tiring.
1: That you um, sometimes have to have conversations with people and say... I haven't been honest or I haven't been open or being vulnerable and saying, I'm afraid you're going to leave. Like I'm afraid that I'm afraid you're going to just leave me and not, or not love me.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, that's tough to like, hang out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's super hard. And like, that's the weird thing with therapy is like, I don't know. Like I never, like when I started therapy, Like two and a half, three years ago. Um, I went to another therapist before her, but it just wasn't like a good match. And then this one Mm -hmm. was, she was, I remember that first session and I felt really uncomfortable, but in like a good way, like she kind of forced me to talk more. And I was like, Ooh, I need this. And I went to her specifically for codependency. Mm -hmm. Um, and i was like oh okay yeah cuz my brother had been talking to me about it and i was like yeah i think i think that does fit kind of what i'm going through i'm really trying to like and it's that thing of like i'm trying to get on top of everybody's emotions to keep everything even keel but then being but then not expressing my emotions and getting upset when someone couldn't read my mind but not mm-hmm. tell them i was upset do some weird passive aggressive thing i don't know it's a right. whole thing whole journey um but one of the things that i i am still so amazed with was a is just how complex we are as humans and how many layers you can continually mm-hmm. pull back and pull back and pull back and pull back mm-hmm. um and that like it's weird it's like some of the best therapy sessions I have ever had have been some of the therapy sessions that I have least looked forward to In my entire experience with therapy where I'm like, I got to fucking talk about this thing and I don't want to talk. I, so I remember one, the big thing where we got into my childhood trauma was I, so like, uh, heavy, but like someone telling you, I don't know if you had this experience as a kid, but like someone telling me that they were like proud of me, like, I'm really proud of you. Like Mm -hmm. genuinely. That didn't, that didn't really happen. It was mm-hmm. actually kind of the opposite. There's a lot of screaming, a lot of swearing, a lot of calling the kids, basically blaming all of the problems on the kids and then conveniently doing it when my dad wasn't home. Mm. And then the abuse just then shifted to my dad and then they got into it. It was very weird. It was a very toxic, messy, loud uncomfortable space to grow up in um, I mean it's weird right because like yeah did we sit around the TV and like laugh and were there endearing moments and where is it all bad no right right but there were some pretty consistent like things that just through therapy I found wow that really fucked me up as an adult it kept mm-hmm. me from being able to really engage with people and have friends mm-hmm. I'm just now in my th- early 30s to mid 30s learning how to actually cultivate and nurture friendships Right. I didn't know because it basically it was I never trusted anyone. I never really took anyone at face value because I was like, there's an ulterior motive here. Mm-hmm. And I've just realized this in the last two years. But I would keep people away. And I wouldn't really – I wouldn't trust them. I wouldn't trust that like we could have a friendship because emotions, people just use those against you. People are mm-hmm. angry one moment and then they're crying the next moment and then you're supposed – somehow it's all your fault. Somehow, somehow it's like if it, they're not in charge of their emotions, you whatever you were doing, whether it was like you were six and you didn't clean the entire house while they are away at work, like, oh, that's your fault. That's why they're having this explosive episode. Mm-hmm. So um, I just amazed, though, like to not get too off track, like amazed at how like I went in for codependency and then through that discovered, oh, wait, so I actually have OCD And then my brother finding out he has ADHD and then talking to my therapist and her being like, huh, yeah, okay, so from everything we, yes, okay, yeah, that makes, okay, that makes sense. Um, And then finding out all of this information, it's like you're putting together, it's like you're wiping clear this, like, smudged up puzzle where, like, the pieces have always been there and you've been capable, Mm -hmm. but you, ooh, you had to, like, you had to alter it to kind of cope and survive. and. Now you're kind of like wiping things piece by piece. And I think a lot of people that maybe, maybe therapy freaks them out. Maybe they don't really know anyone that's been to therapy. There's a common misconception, I think, when people either get like a diagnosis of an anxiety disorder or, um, you know, OCD or whatever, is that um, that's like going to be some kind of just an excuse for perpetuating like unhealthy behavior. When mm-hmm. really like finding out these things, like the things that you found out, um already in like just like a month of therapy like finding out those things is such it's like you're lifting weight of just decades of weight off of you Mm -hmm. and you get to like it's just you get you're taking a fresh breath of air like that's what it feels like it feels like I don't know. It's like all the times that you have been disappointed in yourself and been like, God, why do I keep doing this? Or why mm-hmm. Why am I so freaked out about this candle that I never lit? I don't understand. And then someone telling you like, oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's talk about this. And it's not an excuse. It's like, oh, okay, how do I make this better? Now that I know what this is, how do I improve upon this? Right. Um, so, yeah, it's an ever-evolving, ever... I don't know. It's weird. I, I never would have thought that I would have been in therapy for this long, but I honestly... I, it changed completely. has completely changed my life. And I don't really know if I ever really want to have a life where I don't talk to a therapist at least once mm-hmm. a month. Because um, it's just... It's such a... It's been seriously such a game-changer. Such a life-changer yeah. for me.
1: I mean... To, uh, to be able to, like, today, I was able to walk, like, out of my session. It was in my own room. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was able to finish that session feeling emotionally lighter Yeah, than I had. And I couldn't even tell you how long. Yeah. Uh, was like, holy shit, how does everybody not do this? yeah um well I mean one it's expensive it's expensive
0: yeah it really is um but I'm realizing now
1: that like oh I can afford this right now I need to do it yeah this is worth this is this is worth it this isn't like a frivolous expense for me right now I really need this um and if only It were something that everybody had access to.
0: Oh, I know.
1: I can't, I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, it's just I knew it was gonna be helpful. I knew that some of it was gonna be difficult. I Mm -hmm. literally just started, you know, it's it's the very, very beginning. But I initially went um I looked for someone specifically who specialized in grief counseling. Yeah. There've been some deaths in the last few years of people that were very close to me. And I could feel myself like I could fear I could feel the gears sticking. Oh, like things weren't running smoothly. And I was starting to do the what you had have done. I was starting to feel the freeze happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm just like freezing this out, mm-hmm. and I'm just choosing to like. Well, I'm not going to paint. I'm going to take it and I'm going to set it over here.
0: Yeah,
1: not going to look at it. Not going to. I'm just going to freeze, and it like the T-Rex. Like, if I don't yeah. move, it can't see me.
0: Yeah. It won't get
1: um, me. and I had a chat with Doctor Boyfriend, who has also experienced some grief in the last couple of years tell me like like, he just asked me one day have you been talking to somebody about Mm. like grief about loss and I was like no and he's like I think you should he's like I don't want to like overstep he's like but you're not talking to me about it
0: Mm, mm -hmm.
1: and you don't have to talk to me about it but you need to talk to someone about it and yeah. if you don't have someone that you feel comfortable talking to, maybe you need to start looking for a therapist. Like, or maybe you should start talking to a therapist, like talk to a professional. Yeah. And I was like, no, you're right. Like I have the names in my email. Like I have the, the like links from psychology today. I was like, I have them in my email
0: Yeah. and
1: they're just buried down in there. Cause I don't want to do it. Yeah. Cause I have to hard. confront everything that I yeah. don't want to think about I I have to go through all the really sad feelings that I just it would be so much easier if you didn't have to do it but that's just not the case like you don't get to do that forever
0: and that at some
1: point that was going to like that dam will burst Mm -hmm. and I don't I don't want to get there. I don't want to get to there. I don't want to get to that kind of crisis point. Yeah. I I, I don't think I could come back from it. That, That's the big fear for me. Yeah. Ooh. Is that if I continue doing things, just mm. dodging things and keep saving them for later, I'll deal with this later. I'll deal with this later. At some point that like later space was going to burst open and there was going to be so much that it was going to be overwhelming to me and I wouldn't be able to cope
0: yeah I mean I think that's an astute like observation or premonition because I think that's what happens to a lot of people yeah like they just cope and then they learned how to cope and they cope with their coping and then they just the everything you can't is defensive. no more they can't yeah. everything everyone's attacking them they're completely defensive everything is a disaster or everything is sad like it's just i it's just that thing of like um that's just the when people just get to the point of where they're just sort of like a a, a fragment or just like a broken version of mm-hmm. who they are and it's mm-hmm. yeah i think that's um yeah i mean i i I knowing you and knowing how strong you are and also how I have seen you push yourself in certain other aspects like that would have never been a fear that I that I would have ever seen you do anything like that like come to fruition but I do understand cuz yeah I hey. I've, I've had similar things where I'm like oh cool so I'm basically just going to break down and and right. shut like Cool. Okay, this is how I cope. And a weird thing for me has been like thinking about the idea of of kids. And I know for like for my boo, he's, he he mm-hmm. had panic attacks. He still has panic attacks. He used to have a lot more. Like and mm-hmm. then so he went back to. So there was a part part of time when we were going to a lot of therapy. I was going to the therapist I have now. Then we went to couples therapy together, which was amazing. But then he found that he was still having panic attacks. So he went back to the couples therapist that we saw. After mm-hmm. she just gave us, like, we went to her for, like, a month and she was super expensive. And then she had kind of gave us, like, some, like, hey, you guys, okay, you've both been to therapy. You're still in therapy. That's cool. Here's, like, a, do these things and I think you're going to be okay. um But, and I, so I understand, like, being exhausted and just needing to take a break because we did that. We were, like, I was, like, I can't. I need a, I need a week off because I'm just analyzing and thinking about, like, everything. But um he went for panic attacks and then he went back to her and talked to her about it and like something he said yeah I was like I was thinking about that like if we had a kid and I have a panic attack what what does that look like and I was thinking that too like oh my right what, am I shut in my shutting down mode and there's like a kid around mm-hmm. what am I doing to them like yeah then I'm just perpetuating that cycle in some mm-hmm. way um but I'm so proud of you for, for that sounds, Oh, that's like, that's hard work that you're doing right now. And.
1: But I mean, ugh, I don't, dr- I haven't gotten to the point where I'm dreading it yet. That's great. <laughs> I mean, at some and point maybe I might, will yeah. at some point I might No, I probably will. I know myself, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I think I've talked about it just very little, but like my mom had been having health issues for the last few years yeah um and it was a she had always been like we joked and that she was basically the energizer bunny and that she mm-hmm. was going to outlast everybody um because she just never stopped yeah and to see her start to decline was a big shock to me mm-hmm. even just natural aging yeah was a, a bit of to see her slow down was a shock And then there were multiple issues. Like she had uh, dementia, but she responded really well to medication. So Mm. she forgot everything and she never knew what day or year it was. But like, who cares? She was retired. She didn't need to know. Um, But she could still go on walks with the dog and she could still cook and clean and and do like dress herself, bathe her, like she could still, anything mm-hmm. that she already knew how to do before, mm-hmm. most everything she could still do. Yeah. Um. But then she started to have physical issues. She had mm-hmm. to have a pacemaker put in because she just kept passing out. We couldn't figure out why her, we had to go to the emergency room because she had passed out and she coded three times. Like Ugh. I saw her heart stop and Jesus. like she crashed twice mm-hmm. in front of me. The third time she was in ICU and they had just moved her in. So I wasn't physically there with her. Um, but the first time it happened, I felt like someone had literally pulled the rug out from underneath mm, me. Like mm-hmm. my knees turned to jelly yeah. and a nurse had to shove a, like a, a, a chair behind me yeah. to sit. Yeah, um, I could not, cope with what I was seeing yeah she came back though like and (laughs) then she got the pacemaker yeah and that we didn't have to worry about that anymore and then we were good but she just kept getting weaker and we couldn't Mm -hmm. quite figure out why and I was like well you know she's in her 70s and she has a pacemaker you don't just bounce back yeah from that and she just never started really making any progress and then we found out that she had, she'd had breast cancer back in 2005. It had returned,
0: mm-hmm.
1: had gone undetected.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And by the time they found it, was, had metastasized and was beyond yeah. treatment. It, there was no, there was nothing they could do. Mm-hmm. They could have done some chemo or or tried some sort of, you know, pretty aggressive treatment, but given the state of her health, the treatment was going to be worse and it would only have bought her some time. It it wasn't going to be quality of life. So I had to tell her what was happening Mm. multiple times because she had dementia and she kept forgetting. Oh
0: my God. Yeah.
1: And it was agony to, to have to keep telling her every time um, it only happened a few times when, when I had to like you know really tell her mm-hmm. and um, in a couple of lucid moments she spoke to other family members about it uh. and said that she wasn't afraid and that she felt bad for me because she could tell how scared I was oh. when I told her um, whew. so she did not suffer very much towards the end once um you know, once we started seeing that it was we were getting towards the end, mm-hmm. it happened fairly quickly, and she was comfortable. We had her in hospice care. The hospice team was amazing mm. um if anybody else is ever in that same situation and hospice is offered in home hospice, absolutely take it there. Um, they helped her tending to her, but there was also someone on staff for me that I could text with, ask questions, just like cry with. Um, and they also helped me after she passed away in getting mail stopped for Mm. her. Um, Letting uh, utilities, banks, life insurance, all those things, the person got the information from me, and then she made all the phone calls oh, and only insane. asked me questions that needed to be answered. Like there yeah. were certain things that only I could answer, or like the information that they needed. So she only came to me when she had to. Everything else, she just like took care of it. You know, she's like, this is like months. This could be months of work for you. I'm going to get it done in two or three days. And she did it. And it was amazing. Um, But I think that I had been bracing myself for it for so long Mm -hmm. that I essentially have spent the last two years of my life saying goodbye to my mom. Mm. And when it finally happened, it happened two weeks before The entire world shut down. Yeah. So I thought, this is amazing. I don't have to go back to work. I ended up not having to go to work for four months. Yeah. So I was in my own personal, like, grief distance bubble that, like, oh God, I don't have to, I don't have to explain to everybody what happened. Yeah. I don't have to keep repeating, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like, I don't have to hear it from anybody because everyone's preoccupied with the pandemic yeah. and nobody's going to keep reminding me that my mom died. Yeah. Um, but then as the months, like the weeks and months kind of went by, I just wasn't going through the grieving process. Mm. I just hit the brakes on it and was like, well, I guess I don't have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And did, 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 tried to walk away from it. And that's when Dr. Boyfriend kind of called me out saying, you can't do that. That's not going to work. You know, you're, you're going to truly do some damage to yourself, not working your way through it because, you know, he's like, the other shoe is going to drop Yeah, and you need to be sound for that. Like you, you can't just let that happen to you. So Mm -hmm. it has been, uh, not, Because I think I feel like I already said goodbye to her. I already lost her. Mm-hmm. Why do I need to go talk to somebody mm-hmm. to keep saying goodbye to her? And in talking to the therapist, like realizing like, oh, this is for me. This isn't yeah. about her. Yeah. It's me. Like, I need this. I need to work my way through it and tie up all those sort of emotional loose ends Yeah, for my own good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So (laughs) if anybody out there is dealing with anything like this, um, the hospice care, incredible, like asking for help, asking what resources are available and taking advantage of them Mm -hmm. because these are people who are trained to do this. They're professionals. They can absolutely help you through it I cannot imagine the last few weeks of my mom's life without that that kind of care yeah it made that it was this incredible cushion that made what seemed to be impossible just oh somebody can do that for me
0: yeah
1: oh my god like I don't have to do like I don't have to make these phone calls I don't you know like it was just like this is what they're there for get it taken care of. And then they did tell me that there were some support groups also that were free,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I was not ready Yeah, for that. I'm not like a group yeah. type of person That's at this lot. point in my life. Um, so I opted for the one-on-one. I was able to swing it financially right now, mm-hmm. the one-on-one care, even though I wish so much it could be in person. Yeah it's just not exactly the same. It's not the same kind of connection, especially never having met the person in the first place, Yeah, but I will take it.
0: Yeah.
1: It's better than nothing.
0: Yeah. She sounds Um, amazing.
1: She's great. And, And it's like you were saying, you know, sometimes you had somebody that wasn't the right fit. Like, that's not an instance where you're just like, well, I'll just make it work.
0: Right. Yeah. It's like
1: if it's not the right person, it's fine. Nobody's feelings are hurt. They understand. Yeah. And they, it's better for you and them. Yeah. To not go into a yeah. bad situation. Absolutely. Um, and I think that we had mentioned this before. Like if there is a college near you, mm-hmm. um, reach out to their psych department, especially yeah. if there's uh, grad students, they can do really really reasonable rates yeah um and they are being trained they are they do work under you know a prof- like a um under a professor who yeah. is licensed and you know you're not just someone's class project you are yeah. a real patient seeing a real therapist yeah um at much cheaper rates
0: and i know i don't know what how other states how this might work but if you're in california um, there are clinics that mm-hmm. um, will accept the covered California and the um, the Gold Coast because um, my therapist also accepts um, she accepts everything and she, but mm-hmm. you have to go to a specific clinic and go to a specific treatment um, right. area and it's in conjunction with the hospital, but it's an option for you. Mm-hmm. I know she does a lot of like substance abuse at that location yeah. um, and it's
1: not fair that people have people who are trying to get help have to jump through hoops yeah. but the who it's worth it like yeah it is worth it you have to hustle to have it to make it happen for yourself sometimes yeah but you really do it is worth it yeah if, if you can if you if it's there if the the resources are there
0: and a lot of therapists both therapists that i have seen will work on a sliding scale yeah, um, if you're
1: truly struggling with yeah, making things work. Yeah. yeah,
0: I had a friend in college whose therapist charged her $20 a mm-hmm. session because she was yeah. a college student and she had a lot of trauma that she really needed to talk about. But, mm-hmm. um, well, I guess, I mean, is that, should we, should we wrap it I think so. In? So we're
1: not ending it on a completely <laughs> terrible note. I will just remind Katie, and I took a screenshot, but she's going to have to okay that we share. Okay. Um, I'm going to just put this up here. This moment oh that you texted me earlier today.
0: <laughs> That's fine. We could share I that. I could
1: not stop laughing. <laughs> so Katie and I were talking about a situation with somebody acting in a passive aggressive way. Yes. And how basically she and I were born and raised, born to, raised by the best of the best. Yes. Um, trained. <laughs> trained by pro true professionals, true artists of, uh, of emotions. Yes. And uh, then Katie said, when your therapist does this, and it's a gif of David Rose going, oh, my God.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so scarily like, like, close and accurate. <laughs> when I told my therapist what had happened and she went, I just remember her eyes going, and I was like, ooh, that's not a face you're you like, want to see. No, that's you're a- supposed to reassure me. I know. You're supposed to tell me it wasn't that bad. And the following session, she was like, well, <coughs> I've, been, I've been thinking about that all week. And I went, oh, my God. Oh, you oh, don't want to be God. that patient. You're I don't. Left- Am I going to be co- in your thesis? What's happening?
1: You had uh, con- a cocktail party conversation. Like, you're not going to believe what one of my patients <laughs>
0: But also, like, it was everyone that I told was like, oh, Mike, I'm like, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I remember seeing it happen and was just like, whoa. Yeah. Wow.
0: Has a window into my childhood. Um, <laughs> wow. Wow was a great. Wow. I was like, oh, okay. Um, I remember my brother's <laughs> ex at the time said, hmm, bold flex. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. Strange flex. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll share that screenshot with you, but, um, we, we do hope you're doing well. Um, if you, psychology today is a great resource. If you are looking for a therapist for yourself, for someone you care about, um, that's how I found my therapist as well. You can search specific, um, criteria if it's substance abuse, if it's codependency, if it's, um, you know, OCD, if it's ADHD, if it's anxiety, if it's depression, what have you it is there you can and you can look female male um Mm -hmm. and i do believe that also you know if you are a person of color and you would prefer to see a therapist of color um Mm -hmm. that has that option as well um so yeah that's gonna do it we'll oh my god ourselves oh my god oh my oh my god um yeah wow that's it (laughs) We'll, che- we'll check you guys. Catch you guys in the flippity flip. <laughs> Goodbye. bye To tell me what you want from me, I already know. Need-